It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Cougars. Hope y'all are doing fantastic out there. We got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. We're getting you ready for BYU Football Media Day, the final one of the independent era. What to expect? We'll prime you for that. We'll also talk about the over-under win totals, courtesy of our friends over at BetOnline.net. Where do they tap BYU to finish this season? We got all that and more ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. By way of introduction, I am a radio producer in Salt Lake City for the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, We just rebranded the Zone Sports Network. For those of you who may have been paying attention at home, it's kind of a new thing, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I work with DJ and PK in the morning, but I spend most of my evenings recording podcasts like this one talking all things BYU. So thank you once again for checking us out. If you're watching us on YouTube, I think I'm pointing right. Yeah, there we go. Uh, right here on YouTube, right in that little right corner, it says click for more podcasts. Please hit that subscribe button. Make sure you enable notifications. Comment on the shows with what you like, what you don't like. Let us know. I, I love hearing from you guys and thank you for your support of the podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to us in the regular podcast, podcast form and there are still thousands of you out there that do that make sure you hit that follow button leave us a rating and review if if you're able to i know that uh spotify just recently added a comment section i know that apple i i Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts for years has allowed you to do the five-star ratings. Would love for you guys to drop one of those. We actually just crossed the 500 rating mark on Apple Podcasts. So really fun stuff. We've been doing this for almost, what, four, five years now? It's crazy to think we've been doing it this long. I've been doing it this long, but I don't get tired of it. That's the best part about this. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the actual meat and potatoes of today's show, and let's talk about some BYU football. Our friends over at BetOnline.net will tell you more about them, where you can find more about their information, put out their over-under win totals for G5 programs. And because BYU is still a year away, 375 days away to be exact from today, BYU will be a member of the Big 12 and therefore a member of the Power 5 conferences. But for this year's purposes, uh, they were swanned in to the G5 ranks by our friends at betonline.net. And where do they have BYU tabbed for their over-under win total in 2022? They have them at 8.5 wins. Now, the interesting note about this is that BYU opened at 8 and a half wins in 2021 as well. We all know that they went on to win 10 games and obviously the year before that had that 11 win season. So they have won 21 games the past two years, far exceeding their over under win expectations from our friends at betonline.net. But I'm interested to think that BYU is tabbed with the same over under at eight and a half wins going into 2022 as they did last season. I would actually argue that this 2022 version of BYU is a superior version to 2021. I think it's very evident for anybody who's been paying attention at home. BYU lost a bevy of guys. 12 guys pursued NFL opportunities, got NFL opportunities off that 2020 squad. So going into 2021, BYU was thought to be reloading a little bit. And yes, they had their struggles. The defensive line was absolutely green as green could be. 
Jaron Hall did not stay healthy the entire season. You had to rely on Tyler Algier and just his absolutely Herculean efforts at running back for BYU to get to that 10-win mark. But, man... That's a really good bet right now. If I'm being honest, I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I don't know if you guys are uh, guys or gals out there who like to go out and put quote unquote skittles on over under win totals. But our friends at BetOnline.net, eight and a half wins. I'd be very hard pressed not to push the over on that because I think nine wins is the floor for BYU this year. That's got to be the expectation, right? I guess if absolute devastation happens with regards to injuries and all that, that could obviously wreck BYU's season. Having Jaron Hall lost for the season, let's say game one against USF, I'm knocking on wood right now. You probably can hear me doing that. Uh, but I, I don't want any of that to happen. But I guess that, in theory, could sink BYU's fortunes in 2022. But if all goes according to how I expect, and I think most of you out there watching and or listening to this podcast expect, I think that over eight and a half is a pretty easy bet. Are we, are, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And let me know. I'd love to hear from you in the comments section on YouTube. Drop us a note on social media. Love nothing more than for you guys to respond to this. But I think that eight and a half wins, man, I'd have a hard time not pushing the, give me that over right now. And I'm put actually a hefty amount of coin on that. That. Like I said, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. I'm not a betting expert by any means. Let me be very clear about that. But I think eight and a half wins is actually a pretty nice number for BYU to be seeing that because I think it's going to be pretty easy, I think, for BYU to exceed that. Obviously, you've got some very top-level competition this season. You're going to be facing probably a top 10 at the worst Notre Dame squad. Baylor's probably in the top 25 to start the season. They'll be top 25 when you face them in week two. You have uh, such teams as Arkansas, who at that point could very easily be inside the top 25, if not the top 20, if they get off to a solid start to their season. You got uh, dogfights against the likes of Boise State, Utah State. Stanford could be frisky at the end of the year if they figured something out with regards to their offensive scheme, and Tanner McKee is everything he's cracked up to be for them. So there are some tough games on BYU's schedule, but I just look at that and say, man, eight and a half wins, yeah, take the over on that. Go out there, put your money on it, and ride it. I I, I think that BYU's got a big opportunity here. I, I've said this since last season ended. I am bullish on BYU's chances going into 2022. Obviously, losing a guy like Tyler Algier hurts. When you have your single season rushing leader opt for the NFL, he's going to have a very big role with the Atlanta Falcons. We probably need to dig into that a little bit. As they get ready for training camp, we'll probably do that in the month of July. Look at some of the opportunities for former Cougars and the pros. But when you lose a guy like that, obviously expectations are dampered a little bit. But with Jaron Hall coming back, you bring in a high-level transfer in Christopher Brooks, who has been a starter for most of his time there at Cal and has had some very good seasons as a Golden Bear. I think the BYU should be set up for success on offense. That offensive line, uh, PFF put out a tweet over the weekend that BYU maybe has had the quietest, dominant stretch of offensive line play for the past two seasons that nobody's talking about. And you fully expect that they're going to repeat that this year. This might be the deepest offensive line that Kalani Sitake has ever had. And they had a team the last two years that had offensive lines. They're up for the Joe Moore Award, which is, goes to the best offensive line as a whole across the country. They were semifinalists in 2020. I think they were on the watch list and maybe were a a quarterfinal. I don't remember what it was last season, but they've been very, very good along that offensive line. 
Obviously, you need the defense to take another step forward this year for BYU, but I think it's just with overall seasoning and guys getting in the weight room, understanding the schemes a little bit better, especially along that defensive line, you can expect some improvement along that defensive front in particular, and with return of health for guys like Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgar, Chaz Ayu, etc. at linebacker, you would expect BYU's defensive output, if they stay healthy, should go back to being more of what it was in 2020 versus what it was at the tail end of 2021. They started out 2021 actually quite good on defense. That's when everybody was fully healthy, etc. But you have to stay healthy. That is probably the number one thing for BYU. I think the depth is coming along for BYU. I think Kalani Sitake and his staff have been very, very intent on building quality depth inside their program. But have they gotten to the point where they could put out a two or a three in there and expect very minimal fall off in some of those positions? I'd be hard-pressed to say that all those positions have that. The offensive line has it. Linebackers, I feel like, have it. The defensive secondary probably has it across the board. I think the wide receivers have got it. I know that you lost some guys from last year's squad, but some of these young guys coming up, I think, are going to take on a bigger role and should be okay. The running back position, you're still looking and say, okay, what are we getting from Christopher Brooks? You've got guys like Lopini Katoa and Jackson McChesney, who in sports have been very, very good. At quarterback, massive question mark behind Jaron Hall right now, because you're not fully sure of what you're going to get behind him, but I think that the depth is coming along for BYU, but man, going back to the original premise of our argument today, I think that eight and a half number, I'd hit the over very easily. I think nine wins is the floor for BYU. I think that BYU can win double-digit games again this year. They can go 30-plus wins going into Big 12 play in 2023, and at that point, are people going to be talking about BYU? And I'm probably sure Cincinnati will be in the mix there as quote-unquote dark horses to win the Big 12 in their first year in the conference? Potentially, because they could be that good. Obviously, this year's squad for BYU could have a number of guys like the 2020 squad that opt to go to the NFL if they have the season that they dream that they can have this year. But, man, a lot of good things going BYU's way right now. And I really like the 8.5 number. If you are if you are of that persuasion, you like to bet on BYU, Man, I'd go over and check out our friends at betonline.net. Let's talk a little bit about them for a minute because they are your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Guys, I talk about this all the time. You can find all the way to sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, the Major League Baseball scores across the board. Betonline.net is the continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Get over there and check it out. Betonline.net also remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, hey, just like this one, and news this season. Like I said, that eight and a half number betonline.net is one that put it out if you want to get in on that action get over there now it is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf as well head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now it's all courtesy of your friends at bet online where the game starts Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. One live NBA draft show is not enough for our friends over the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the entire NBA channel is going to be covering this, but they're going to go live across the NBA channel. All 30 teams. If you have a favorite NBA team, I'm a Utah Jazz aficionado. Make sure you subscribe now to their favorite to your favorite Locked On YouTube channel so you will get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. They'll be reacting live to the picks these teams make. I am hoping that the Utah Jazz get into the draft because I feel like they need a roster overhaul. I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. But if you want to get in on that, like I said, go subscribe to your favorite NBA team. If it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, I don't know who it is, the Golden State Warriors. We got it all covered for you guys. That'll be live Thursday night during the NBA draft across the NBA draft, uh, not the NBA draft channel, the M- Locked On NBA channel covering 
all things NBA draft. All right, let's talk a little bit about BYU Media Day. It is the 11th and final installment of BYU Football Media Day coming up tomorrow. And it's crazy to think it's coming that quickly, but that is where we stand. And obviously, we are 375 days away from today from BYU entering the Big 12, and they will be participating in their first Big 12 Media Days uh, in the month of July next year. So we're just over a year away from that. But this will be the final installment of the Independent Media Days for BYU. And I, for one... I'm going to kind of miss this because it's kind of been fun for BYU to kind of stand out from the crowd. A lot of times in late July, you think about it, SEC media days, the Big 12, all the Power 5 conferences, they're kind of hopping all over each other with their various media days. You have the other G5 programs out there. Notre Dame, I think, even has a little bit of a media day during that period as well. But BYU decided, you know what? We're going to push it earlier. We're going to put it in late June. And there is obviously a part of this that BYU coaches want to have some extra downtime during the month of July. It's kind of the down period for a lot of coaches across the Sport. Well, BYU decided, you know what? Let's knock it out the last week of June. Let the coaches have that downtime and then get right back after it at the end of July, early August as training camp gets underway. And that's where we stand. We are just a day away, just over what, 24 hours potentially when you're listening to this or even closer than that from BYU taking to the stage. Obviously, Tom Homo and Kalani Satake will be out there for the state of the BYU. Um, what are they? They kind of kick things off. They call it State of BYU uh, press conference, I guess is what you'd call it. Dave McCann sits down with them there at BYU TV, their broadcast facilities at the BYU Broadcast Building, and they'll talk about how things look for BYU, uh, what the prospectus is for the season, maybe make some special announcements, maybe we get a new helmet, who knows? Uh, there are lots of rumors out there of what the final quote-unquote announcement will be from BYU Media Days. They've traditionally announced some scheduling stuff, but with BYU going into the Big 12, you're not really going to announce a scheduling agreement unless, what, Notre Dame decided they're actually coming to Provo? That's probably the only thing that would really register, I feel like. But you've had some fantastic things in the past. They've done some really cool uh, programs over the years. Looking back at the Bronco Mendenhall era, obviously he started off BYU Football Media Days way back when in uh, 2011. It was the first one, yeah, July in 2011, crazily enough. But we've done this well over a decade at this point. I have been in attendance at every single BYU Independent Media Day, and it's crazy to think about We are going into the final one. So what do I expect from BYU Media Day tomorrow? Honestly, I'm not expecting a lot of huge, like, earth-shaking, groundbreaking stuff to come out of this because I think BYU, they're hell-bent on making sure they're ready for Big 12 play. Everything they have done now is an eye towards the Big 12. Will they go out there and say, okay, we've invested in this, we've done that, we've done this type of stuff to get ready for the Big 12? Maybe so, but I don't expect many many things coming out of media day to be like, holy smokes, that was absolutely incredible. I can remember when BYU first had their media days, it was just an annual event. Okay, what are they going to announce this year? Is it going to be a series against USC? Are they going to go out and play when they announced the Tennessee series? I think it was during a media day. It's just, it's crazy enough. I, if you recall that um, Bronco Mendenhall, when he made his comments to the Austin American statesman about independence not being sustainable for BYU, well, he had to uh, kind of clarify that and answer for it when he went to BYU media day. I think it was back in like 20, man. Is that 2014? Yeah, I think 2014 or 2015. But crazily enough, there's been a lot of stuff that have come out of BYU Football Media Days. But I think this one, the final one in BYU's independent era, maybe the most quiet of the bunch. That's what I'm expecting. I'm not saying that I know anything. I kind of had a heads up last year on BYU with the name, image, and likeness stuff they were going to announce, their Built for Life campaign. I had a heads up that that was where BYU was heading towards going into Media Day. But this year... 
I don't really have a good feel for what to expect, but that's the fun part about it. I'll probably show up, everybody will tune in, and BYU will probably blow us out of the water with some crazy announcement, whether it's a new uniform. We're going to get those gray uniforms finally? I, I don't know, but I think that the fun part is, is independence was good for BYU in many ways. There were also many drawbacks for BYU, but their stated goal when they went independent to make it to the big time, they were intent on making it to the power five level. They wanted to be part of the big time. They wanted to play for the whole shebang. They wanted to play for the whole thing out there. The, the, the great enchilada, the whole enchilada is what they wanted to play for. They wanted to play for national titles. This is a program that has the crystal ball in their football offices. They want the opportunity to compete for one of those once again. I understand that it may be pie in the sky to think that BYU can compete at that level, maybe going forward, but you needed to be in the Power Five to do that. And that's what this decade-plus-long odyssey in independence was all about for BYU. It was to get to the big time. And that came in September of last year when Bob Bowlesby, Lawrence Skuvanek, the president of Texas Tech, who leads the board of directors for the Big 12, made the announcement that BYU is among the four new schools who were invited to join the Big 12 conference. It's all paid off for BYU. BYU. And I think this independent media day, the final one in BYU's independent era, should be one of celebration. That's probably what I want to come out of this. I want to celebrate BYU's independent era. Uh, there were, Like I said, there was a lot of good stuff for BYU. They played all over the country. BYU fans who maybe ha- had not had an opportunity to see BYU in many, many years, if ever, had an opportunity to see them in their proverbial backyard. There was a lot of good stuff that came out of independence, but BYU folks has made it to the big time. They are finally getting to where we have all one of them to be in the power five playing amongst the big boys. Are there going to be struggles going into the big 12? There's absolutely no doubt. They will have their struggles along the way. But the fun part is if you're a BYU fan is that they are finally there. They have made it to the promised land uh, to use the biblical reference. Moses, Tom Homo leading BYU through the, through the, desert to the the wasteland of independence like i said there were good things that came out of independence but the bowl structure absolutely horrendous during independence for the most part let's be real uh, uh what an 11 and 1 team had to play in the uh, not the poinsettia bowl the uh, what was that the roof claim uh boca raton bowl i was in attendance at that game that just seemed like an absolute downer for BYU. that team in 2020 deserved a bigger bowl game last year's team winning 10 games had they maybe been a little stronger down the stretch maybe they get a better bowl game than going uh to where do they play even i can't even oh yeah um the independence bowl in shreveport louisiana there have been some really really bad bowl games for BYU and independence so Let's just celebrate the independent era for all the good and all the bad that came along the way. It all paid off in the end. It took 10 plus years to get there, but BYU's proverbial 40 years in the wilderness, it's over. And Tom Homo filling in as Moses in this scenario has led BYU to the promised land, and we are just over a year away from BYU being in the Power Five. And I, for one, cannot wait and are looking forward to BYU Football Media Day on tomorrow's show. Now, a programming note on that front, I got a very busy day tomorrow. I'm not 100% certain if I'll be able to record a podcast tomorrow, but I am planning on collecting a lot of video, interviews, all that stuff, and I'll be posting that on our YouTube channel as well as any audio I get will also be going up on our podcast channels. We'll be back on Thursday for sure with at least a full recap of what I took in from BYU Football Media Day. So maybe we won't have a Wednesday edition of the show, but maybe a supersized edition of a Thursday show for you guys. Just a little bit of a heads up for you. So 
If you don't see an edition bright and early on Wednesday for you, just understand that I'm probably at BYU Football Media Day and I ran out of, ran out of time to get you ready for that. That's why I, why I kind of opted today to do my preview of BYU Football Media Day. So let's get ready to celebrate, folks. BYU has made it, and that is where we should be ha- uh, kind of focused on is just over a year from now, BYU is going to be in the Power Five. They're going to be a member of the Big 12, and man, I for one... Cannot wait for a new era of BYU football to begin, and it's crazy to think it's just over a year away, but it cannot come fast enough. But the fun part is, get another football season, basketball season, and a whole lot of other sports to track this year. In the meantime, getting ready for that, and it's all being done with an eye towards being ready for that Big 12 membership on July 1, 2023. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. We'll be back, like I said, most likely on Thursday with a full recap of BYU Football Media Day. Maybe I'll drop it on Wednesday night after I'm done with my responsibilities at BYU Media Day, but we'll have it covered for you guys. Don't worry. We got you guys covered top to bottom right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast. We just talked a lot about the Big 12. Check out the podcast that is dedicated to the Big 12 with our friend Josh Neighbors. He does a fantastic job making sure you guys are apprised of everything going on in the Big 12 conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast just like this one. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy BYU Football Media Day and we'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 21st, 2022. See ya.